You are listening to the RTE Today podcast, featuring some of our best bits from the show on RTE One weekdays at 3.30. You are very welcome back to the show. So what's got Ireland talking? We have our news panel to tell us in the studio. We have from the Irish Daily Mail, Fiona Looney. We have author and journalist Shane Ross. And on Skype from a news talk, we have Shane Coleman. Shane Ross, we're going to start with you. And off to school we go. Yeah, this is a story in... Uh in the, by Cormac McQuinn this morning, that Norma Foley, the Minister of Education, is bringing children, is, is expanding the number of children that are going to be brought to school and she's changing the rules. And what she's trying to do is, in fact, change the home, the rule about how far you stay, you, you, mm-hmm. you live from your home. Uh, and that's a very good idea, and they're going to bring, they're going to bring a large number of students, uh, children, back into the, uh, into the buses. It's got a few difficulties. Environmental, environmentally, it's pretty good mm-hmm. because it can get cars off the road. But the, the, there is a problem, I think, about children's health because they're not going to walk to school anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, that, so it's, it's a kind of double-edged sword, but it is definitely going to improve the, the situation for children going to school, which is very difficult for some because they're a long way away and they need, and they need this particular Okay, I'd, I'd wonder how many actually do walk to school anymore, Fiona. Yeah, um, you know, I think there's a real urban-rural divide in this story. You know, like school buses, that the devoted school buses, are. you know, you don't find them in Dublin, mm. you know, and there were, when I was going to school, everyone went to their local school, you mm. know, unless they were going to a private school or something, which was quite unusual, certainly in primary school level. But the reality, you know, look, in an ideal world, you want kids to live near enough to their school mm-hmm. to be able to walk. That's just not the case in rural Ireland. And even when they do live near enough, the roads might be very dangerous for walking on. You know, you've got unlit roads, kids coming to school, coming out of school, and it's it's dark. So we do need the school buses. And I think the problem with this is while, you know, on the one hand, we want kids to have the freedom to go to the schools that mm-hmm. their parents want them yeah. to go to or that their friends are going or whatever... But the reality, as we know, is that every year when kids go back to school, you'll have people on to live line, you'll have people saying, we cannot get a place on the school bus. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it never, demand and supply never seem to happily meet. And it sounds to me like what, what we're doing now is we're actually going to increase the demand without really looking at the supply. Shane Coleman, do you get the bus to school to Dundalk? I did, I did, four miles every day, and you know what? It was the highlight of the day because uh, I went to I went to an all boys school, so it was the only chance we had to uh, to well, I was going to say to talk to girls, but we rarely actually talk to them, but to see them basically. So it was it was great fun. Uh, but look, Fiona's spot on. Uh, there is an issue about uh, demand exceeding supply, and and the other point Fiona makes is completely right as well. Is the the safety issue. It would be brilliant. Like, you asked Ahi about yeah. the percentages walking to school. Like, it used to be a much higher percentage cycling to school. That's almost disappeared now. Um, I'm, I'm watching this. Uh, my, me and my kids are watching this program uh, on uh, Netflix at the moment, this Japanese reality uh, TV show called Old Enough. And it's about these little kids taking their first ever errand at the age of two and three. And the, the jaw-dropping thing about it is they're walking around the streets of cities and towns on their own. Uh, and that's the norm in Japan. And the reason it's the norm is because it's safe to do so. And that pedestrians are put first and cars are put second. We have it the opposite in this country. And whenever we try to do anything, you saw what happened in Dublin recently with this debate over you know, stopping uh, true traffic through city centre. Mm-hmm. People go absolutely berserk. So 
if we want people to walk to school, we need to change our, our mindsets. Uh, and that would, to me, would be the best solution of all, rather than putting on uh, more school buses. Mm-hmm. Keeping with you, Shane, there now, praying to St. Anthony, tell us, the patron saint of finding all the missing things. Yeah, brilliant piece by Colin O'Regan uh, in the uh, Cork, in the, sorry, not the Cork Examiner, show my age there, the Irish yes. Examiner, <laughs> the Irish Examiner today. And he's talking about how his kids, he's always trying to persuade them not to bring precious things with him. And he tells about the time he lost, uh, back in the 80s, this high-tech pen he had that had a digital clock on it. That was about as high-tech uh, tech as we got in the 1980s. <laughs> and he said, no matter what, he, he took it, to, I think he was digging spuds, and he lost it, and he said nothing worked. Even praying to St. Anthony uh, of Padua didn't work. And it's funny, because it's like we live in a lot more secular uh, uh, country now than then, but I think still people still say, oh, I'll say a prayer to, to St. Anthony. And actually, really good pals of mine uh, a few years back, they were uh, crossing over the, the, the bridge at Milltown in Dublin, and uh, the, uh, she dropped her, her engagement ring into the river there and uh, like plonk into the water no sign of it at all uh, several days later went back said a few prayers to saint anthony and my friend now who wouldn't be the most religious of person said the literally there was just the, the clouds parted there was a little kind of ray of light and suddenly there was a glint in the water and there was the engagement ring on the wow. seabed and he jumped in and rescued it so if that doesn't convince you about the merits <laughs> of saint anthony nothing will Fiona Looney, does that convince you now? I really like to know how you can lose your engagement ring walking over a bridge. I think this sounds like a certain amount of intent and background to that story. Do you know, I have to say, in the church, my local church where I grew up, um, there was a, a shrine, still is a shrine, to St. Anthony, and it was always the busiest. You know, there were other saints. Mm-hmm. Other saints were available in the church. But St. Anthony was always the one who had a constant stream of traffic. And I think it is the kind of thing that you don't need to be religious. You know, if you lose something like the car keys, I think the amount of people who don't have a religious bone in their body and who will go, where are the keys? And will kind of go, St. Anthony, where are the keys? Now, whether they find them or not... You know, but you have to, you have to cough question. up, though, don't you? you or publication promised oh, was the <laughs> other one. You used to, and yeah. the papers used to be full of the little ads thanking St. Anthony. Oh, no, you do. Oh, yeah, no, he offered It's a toll system. Okay. No, no full St. Anthony. <laughs> I owe St. Anthony a fortune then. I didn't know you had to pay him. I just thought you went to thank St. Anthony. Well, you're, doing, you're doing something right because he keeps coming back and helping okay. you, though. No. Yeah. It works, though. It really does. And it, maybe it's the law of averages no, or something. No, it's the law of averages. It works. <laughs> Anytime I've asked for something, it comes back. What about you, Shane? I could keep St. Anthony busy for a very, very long time. <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah, I certainly could, you know. But, you know, he did other things as well. He, he's celebrated for, um, for, for, for obviously finding things. And the story, the, the story behind it, you probably know, is that, you know, he, he lost this thing and he prayed and he prayed and he, and he got his, it was his psalm book, his altar. Mm. Uh, so, so that's good. But he also is very, very good at reconciling broken, breaking partnerships. Do you know that? That's what he's good. Oh. He, so he might, he might retain himself in, 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 a, in a very busy kind of portfolio there as well, because that's what, that's what he's famous for. No, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lovely story. Uh, Don't own it for a shame. But, Don't own it for a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I can but, see where you're going. <laughs> but, but I suspect that what Tracy was saying there, statistically... You mightn't be you mightn't be on very strong ground if you say you found it because of that reason. Well, some of the viewers now have been <laughs> getting involved. And Sarah O'Callan said that St. Anthony found her bus pass. Veronica yep. said a ring. And Sinead O'Leary has said sunglasses. 
And uh, yeah, I, I feel that when people lose things, if you say the prayer to St. Anthony, you just get you just get them back. I remember once, right, being in the shower, being like, I'm after saying a prayer to St. Anthony for three days now, and that ring is gone. And I got out of the yeah. shower, dried myself, and there was my ring. I was like, oh, oh my God, it. see, it works. You just <laughs> had to take off well. all your clothes, yeah. and he said, okay, <laughs> granted. <laughs> <laughs> like there wasn't a saint or a devil that was at work there. <laughs> Anyway, we better move on to the next uh, story, Fiona, before we're all uh, banished to, to another land. So this is, I think, a really interesting idea. Now, when I read this, when I read the headline, I thought, absolutely not. This is about, should we allow driving lessons to be held on motorways? And you say it, and I'm sure everyone thinks, that is madness, mm. it's dangerous. I promise you that when I, I... I'm only relatively recently qualified driver. The first time I drove on the M50 after passing my mm. test and I had never driven on a motorway and I can remember the sheer panic, fear, oh, my God, in a driving test situation, you never drive faster than about 40 kilometres an hour. And now there are signs telling you Go up to 100 or 110 kilometres an hour. You've never, con if you've done, if you've done, th done it properly yeah. and you've followed your, your lessons, you've never driven even half that speed. And now you've no instructor and it's kind of here, other no, cars whizzing about at this speed. It's terrifying. And I think we, sh I think this is a really good idea. It's come from, mm -hmm. it's, it's actually come from experts in motor, motor driving education that we, you know, we insist on 12 lessons for learner drivers. Let, let a part of lesson 12 be on the motorway. I think At it's least. an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. There's some people I know who have their full licence and are still afraid to go on the motorway. I'm because terrified. They never, I won't. Like, never I, I will avoid it at all costs. Shane, yeah. what do you think about this story, Shane Coleman? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Fiona. And it, like Fiona, when I saw the headline, I went, no way. But as you start to read into it, it does kind of make sense. Now, look, I, I think it should be lesson 12 and not before. You're talking to someone who's first ever driving lesson. And my dad took me out. And I suppose that the only excuse I, I'll give it was the 1980s. And lots of things were acceptable in the 1980s that are absolutely bonkers. And he was a somewhat unorthodox parent. He kind of believed in throwing you in the deep end. So his first lesson, he took me out, handed me the keys. He sat in the passenger seat and he brought me out on the Dublin Belfast Road. I turned onto it didn't turn uh, quickly enough and he had to reach across and rapidly uh, pull the steering wheel before I ploughed into an advancing car. Yeah. Uh, absolutely bonkers, absolutely yeah. mad. So I would say let's not do it lesson one, uh, maybe yeah. uh, lesson 10, lesson 11. But I, I think it makes sense, I think it does make sense that your first ever experience on a motorway isn't driving on your own uh, and that you, know, you should get some kind of lessons in advance. Shane, there are, there are two lanes as well. So, for example, there's a lane that you're in and if you want to do, go into the overtaking lane as well. So yeah. there's plenty of space there in one sense. There's plenty of space with an awful lot more cars and yeah. they're going at incredible speed. I mean, I, it is quite astonishing if you look at it properly that the fastest and the most dangerous situation you're in, you've got absolutely no training yeah. what, whatsoever. It's, it's, it's utterly mad. And you're talking about people, you, you're frightened. My wife will not go on motorways now because she's never been trained to do it. It is, it is a special skill mm -hmm. uh, to do motorways. And the, and the, reason, the reason I think that, 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 that there isn't a lesson in it is because statistically, yeah. motorways are safer. They are actually quite a lot safer. The accidents happen on, on, on the by roads. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> there are a lot of collisions. There are a lot of hold-ups. 
the idea of someone going straight on, it's even a skill to get onto a motorway. Yeah. Get merging with a motorway is very difficult yeah. uh, as well. And the idea that you're just put onto this thing, which is highly dangerous, I mean, it really is, speed is what kills people, uh, without any lessons, is, yeah, it's insanity. Yeah. It's, it, it should be done immediately. So it's a good idea. It's a very good, good idea. idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, some of our viewers now said, would you support learner drivers on the motorway? We asked this question on, on, on the social media today. Of the 174 people who responded on the Instagram, 56% said yes and 44% said no. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Very, yeah, there we have it. Shane Coleman, we're moving on to our next story and it's about that Peppa Pig Peppa, person. Peppa Pig yeah. is getting hammered in the US for being a malign influence on their children. She's teaching them apparently to be rude. She's also getting them to speak in English accents and saying words like biscuit instead of cookie and petrol station instead of gas station. So there's, uh, there's war about this. Common sense media, the rather inaptly named common sense media, has said there's so much verbal aggression. Peppa's rude, bossy, a liar, a tattletale and more. So they are not happy uh, with Peppa Pig, which is for those of us who've, who've listened to kids in Ireland for years speaking in American accents because of TV and social media, it's kind of refreshing that there's a little bit of role reversal going on. But it's an extraordinary story. It's, uh, it's, not, the, it's not the accent that gets me, Fiona. It's the kind of way she treats people. <laughs> You know, I, I don't really have a She's problem with, with Peppa Pig. And, and when my youngest was, my youngest was, young, you know, she came in under the wire when Peppa Pig yeah. started. So I did have exposure to it. But I do remember from the get-go being very uncomfortable about Peppa Pig's dad and this idea of adult males just being stupid because yeah. Peppa Pig's dad is very stupid. And she's very manipulative of him. And I do remember even, you know, when like we were kind of, you know, watching with a toddler going, is, is this a great message to be kind of giving A to little boys that you're going to grow up to be stupid and B to little girls that you're going mm -hmm. to be able to grow up and manipulate stupid. Mm -hmm. Like it, it just kind of, but at the same time, you know, they're cartoons and like... Yeah, we're only talking about pigs. I mean, yeah. what's going on here? We're not talking about human beings. We're, not talk we're just talking about pigs and a cartoon that's, that's out there. And we're getting very po-faced about yeah. it and saying it's immoral, etc. I don't believe that these... Um, it's, it's for preschool children. Mm -hmm. This is what it's for, really. I don't believe that those children regard Peppa Pig as a role model. They'd regard their mother or some human being as being... This is a story. That's all. And they're doing, they're, they're reflecting probably in some ways mm. what the, what the young children talk about. But we're getting awfully serious about what's going on. I, I, I can't know it's believe. a bit of fun. It's it, a bit yeah. of fun. It goes to 180 yeah. countries. That's why it's serious because it has a kind of world influence. And it, and it as looks well. nice. And it looks nice. But yeah. I couldn't believe you were saying in the break that you didn't like Peppa Pig and yeah. you were also saying you were starving. And I didn't think, I, I was surprised you didn't make the link. You got a few going, sausages <laughs> now. This, I'm not <laughs> at all eating Peppa Pigs. <laughs> and actually, they have lovely gummies as well, by the way. <laughs> just to put that out there as well. But I just think, guys, it's just, just back to, like, they're, they're pigs personified. And you've, you've, yeah. you've kids four five six seven looking at this and all of a sudden acting like that as well and not being corrected like if i said half if the they're things, not being corrected that's a parental yeah, problem well, it's not a, she'd a little bit problem. if i said yeah. half those things that she said to her father to my own father i know <laughs> i know whose pork we're getting the <laughs> yeah, do roasted want, do, we want to, do we want to sanitize this whole thing you know and make yeah. them into perfect perfect pigs that therefore and extend to certain people. We don't. They're doing things which normal, yeah. normal four-year-olds do, I suspect. I know for years Shane Coleman kind of modelled himself on the coyote kid on the roadrunner. Is that true, Shane? <laughs> uh, how did you know that? No, but you know what? Like, 
how is it is it not quite true to life that the father in the house makes the complete hames of everything and then the mother comes in and sorts everything out like that's pretty accurate in our house anyway so i don't have a problem with it i have to say are you telling porkies now okay <laughs> we leave we leave it there Shane. Oh, thanks for listening don't forget to tune in to the today show every weekday on rte1 from 3:30 or if you miss the show you can watch it back on the rte player Visit rte.ie forward slash player. Stay tuned.